Dr. C. Victor Urban III, I'm taking it to the house. Good morning, good day, good evening. I don't know what time you're watching us, but I want to say thank you for joining us for another episode of Taking It to the House. I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and let's go on this ride together for the next 30 minutes. So, my brother, something's wrong here with this picture. Something's wrong. It's only two of us. What's 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 going on? Where is the fan? Is he's on probation? Where is he at? What's going on? Is he carrying your luggage and didn't make it up to airtime? What's going on with the fan? So there I was in Minnesota watching one of the last few games in Minnesota versus Memphis. And dad said I had to go to the bathroom. I said, no problem. So we're sitting probably in the first or second row. And I said, all right, no problem. But he didn't go up the stairs. He went downstairs. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm reaching uh -oh. for my hot dog. And I look, and he's in the middle of the court. I'm saying, man, what are you doing out here? <laughs> look, I tell you what, man protesting has gotten out of control. I had no idea what was going on. So I think he's either thinking uh, maybe I show up to Phoenix, maybe I go to Miami. He said some, some very cryptic things last time we spoke. So I, I don't know. But I will tell you, these fans have gotten out of control of the playoffs. What you say you? <laughs> if the fans are out of control, maybe maybe he's an imposter as a father. Because the Vic that I know, the fans that I know, wouldn't have done that. So I know you're lying on him, brother. You're lying on him. Shame the devil. However, to the fans and to those that are voice out there, we have another we're actually a three-headed monster here, and the fan, Vic, Vic Herbin Jr., is not here today, and we want to say we miss you, Vic. Lots of sports to talk about. So I want to just lead off with the Major League Baseball. Not a lot to say, not a lot to do, but it's early in the season, yes. Very early in the season. I just want to say, for those who don't know, I'm a Dodger fan, and they're in their division. Kudos to you, but what's just as surprising to What's more surprising to me is the Angels are leading their division. If most of you don't even know, remember the last time the Angels made the playoffs. As a matter of fact, Mike Trout doesn't know what the playoffs are like. He's injured, he's hurt, or they don't surround him with star players or they pass their prime, Albert Pujols. So I'm excited uh, to see how this will play out as the season unfolds. So kudos to you, Anaheim. Give your fan base something something to cheer about. And that's my Major League Baseball take, sir. I, hey, I'm with you on that. Uh, California Angels is too talented of a team. You talk about Mike Trout, Shoei Otani, uh, great pitching, but they're not showing up. You know, being a California resident, being from California, we know there's really two teams when it comes down to these L.A. teams, California teams. It's the Los Angeles Dodgers, Los Angeles Lakers. The Clippers and the California Angels are kind of like the same, you know, they're, they're that junior, the JV team. So we really don't expect a lot out of them. However, we still claim them. They're just a little brother. But it's really interesting how talented the California Angels have been that they have not made the postseason. So kudos to them. Good luck. But I'll tell you, uh, baseball season, even though it's in its infancy, it's exciting. Uh, you know, you're looking at the uh, AL East. Obviously, we start looking at the New York Yankees 
And hey, even look at the NL West, the New York Mets. How are both New York teams actually being productive? And in fact, some critics are starting to say that the Mets could make it to the World Series. Believe that? I don't think so. One, because Whoa. the National League, that means that, that, that sees them beating the Los Angeles Dodgers, who look great. So, you know, again, baseball is in its infancy. We got the whole summer to talk about it. But we know the real thing to talk about right now is this basketball season. What are you thinking about this postseason, huh? Okay. Whoa, wow. So we missed last week, Aaron, but we would have talked about the, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets getting swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics, who happen to be our producer's team. And so he's probably pretty happy right now, smiling, you know, probably got his his, his Boston Celtics underoos on right now, if, if I know him. However, we in the green room, we're talking about what's most disappointing, the Lakers not making the play-in or the playoffs or the Nets getting swept in the, in the first round. Is it like you want to get in? Or do you not want to make it at all? You know, so if you had your dresses, what would it be? That's a rhetorical question. But I say both are very disappointing with that star caliber uh, teams, rosters. It just didn't manifest itself on the court. They couldn't get it on the court. You had Kyrie with the Nets, part-timer. You had uh, the James Harden problem. Ben Simmons hasn't played yet. And they're talking about having back surgery for him. So the Nets... Uh, and I failed to mention the coach, who's very inexperienced, didn't even hold a tablet or a clipboard before getting on and getting this opportunity as the next coach. So organizationally as, and players and on the court in the locker room, they're, they're, they're a mess. And it just proves that you just can't roll the ball out and play. You just can't do it. So which one is most disappointing for me? Well, I don't care about the Nets. It's just content. It's noteworthy. But the Lakers not making the plan, and we talked about it. I think that's the most disappointing. Matter of fact, for all sports, for all franchises, this is so disappointing because they never figured it out and it cost them a coach. And now they're in the coaching hire business. So, uh, bro, I, I, that, I believe with that, with the Major League, excuse me, I was going to say Major League Baseball, but the NBA. And so, uh, I don't even want to dwell on who's not in as much as who is. So before we go into the current rosters and playoffs and things, I, I want you to your take on what we missed last week, the first round. You make great point. I, I'm actually torn. Yes, I got to take the emotion out of it. Was it the worst thing, the Lakers not making it or the Nets being swept? To me, the Lakers got lost in the shuffle of the 30-odd teams in the league, and so not even making it to the playing game, you're forgotten about. We remember them because they're our team, but they're forgotten about. But when you narrow the field down to 16 teams that are playing only the top eight from each division, and you and you and you pee in the bed, and you know don't you don't just pee mm. in the bed. Again, you spoke about they were a favorite to make it to the championship. They were a game last year making it to the championship. So to come back the next year, reload, and not even win a game. And you still got two of the best players allegedly in the league, KD and Kyrie. Even with the part-time Kyrie, he played all-time in the playoffs. So now you have the all-fans watching. 
even the part-time fans watching because it's playoffs. It's supposed to be the most exciting and the most competitive ball. And they laid an egg against all their peers. All their peers watched that. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Nets being a disappointment. Now, if you start peeling the onion back, yes, there's some organizational leadership challenges. I told you all, and they mm. can rewind the tape. And now I forget which episode it is, and Steve can post that on the website. When they hired Steve Nash, and then they brought in James Harden, and they had Kyrie all day, I said, Kyrie is going to Kyrie, and this is their train wreck waiting to happen. Took three years, maybe two and a half, maybe a year and a half, because James Harden saw enough, and he couldn't stay on that train anymore, and now he's trying to find his youth back in uh, the Sixers. But So I, I'm actually leaning towards the Nets being that disappointment only because the, the microscope was on them, the expectations were on them, they made it to the playoffs. People thought they can leave from the eighth seed and make it all the way to the championship and only to not even win. And it wasn't even competitive. So it's one of those things also, when it's gone, it's gone. And I hope that's not what happened to KD. But just look at that. This from a standpoint, KD, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. All three of them used to be the, the, the stars of OKC. And why this year their talent seems to just drop just a little bit. Ironic coincidence? I don't know. Yeah. It's just odd that those three men who were at the top of their game and had led various teams into playoffs fizzled out this year. So what I like to do is to break those young kids down and say, look, we're not worried about the pros. We can't control that. Let's make you the best student athletes you can be. And I use this phrase, let's get your house in order. Let's build it. And once you get to the point where now you've got a presentation, now you, as you develop and grow, will be able to command the attention you need to be entertained for, for that level. But I said, most athletes, we knock that out of the box right away. We don't even focus on it. James Harden can say, no, I'm still in this play. I'm still in this. He's a, he's a shadow of himself, so all of his skills have diminished. Well, no, that's not fair to say. KD is still one of the baddest men that lace him up at 6'10", 6'11", and can rock like that. So his skills are good. It's maybe poor choices. He was running with the Dubs, dog. He was running with the Dubs until his Achilles went bad on him. And, and he was on top of yesterday. Yeah. But look how quick that was. The Dubs were three years ago. Like, what has he done, you know, other than the bubble and that stuff? But yeah. this last year, like, like, where did he go? I mean, this was supposed to be his show. Like, I'm with you. Like, where I, did I he go? You. How he got for one game? Like, and, and his selection was there, but he just was not making it. Yeah, he, he was not. No, he still was playing, but what was different was they could load up on him. He goes to the bench. Kyrie couldn't handle the load by himself. Really, they, their team wasn't very good. Their team two years ago was good because they were great. They had the grit. They, they, the team mirrored, you know, the city. You know, blue-collar workers. We had uh, 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 Dinwiddie, uh, Levert, you know. We had your boy for, for the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers was the center, you know, he was pre-All-Star, but they were grinders, they were getting it down, getting down, and they were getting it on, but they were a better team, a, a simple team. They were playing team ball. This team, 
the next, as we speak, with Kyrie and KD, they never, they never assimilated themselves with their with their teammates, the bitch guys. And so the, the flow was all off. There was no grinders on there. Even with Drummond and you pick up uh, uh, Curry's you know. Uh, so it's not, it was just never a good flow. So I think, yeah, KD, you can fault him. He's the leader. I definitely fault Kyrie uh, because he's a part-timer. He didn't bring it every game. He wasn't there every game. And then he just, it, just two stars. They were two stars and a bunch of Tito's, okay? Michael Jackson and a bunch of Tito's. So that's where the KD, he, he hits his wagon to the wrong, to the wrong, uh, he hits his car to the wrong wagon. That's what happened. And ran into the <laughs> wrong dude in the alley called the Boston Celtics <laughs> as some for him. And he looked around, his boy said, yeah, I got your yes. back, way back, and he got thumped, man. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of that, which is the Celtics. So you got to give the Celtics credit. So they swept the Nets, Brooklyn. They swept them, but they handled the business. And it was always a close game. It wasn't like the Nets got blown out. They just didn't do enough to win. And, but give credit to the uh, Celtics, you know, as far as putting together the best defensive team that was, I think that's in the playoffs right now as we speak. Uh, they just gotta learn how to play together as an offensive unit as we go into this, to the second round. But uh, I say South is one of the better teams right now, and they earned their stripes. The Nets did not. Mm -hmm. well, speaking of the Celtics, speaking of the second round, can do you see the Celtics or these Bucks? Who takes that series? Ooh. You beat it on the Nets, and wow, you feel pretty good. But you're, 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 you get a chance to play against the winning, you know, the the the, the incumbent champs. The Bucks are a bad team. They're minus Chris Middleton. He's got ACL injury or he's spring. Something's going on where he may miss his series. So that actually brings the, the Bucks down a notch. However, the Celtics still, they don't play good offensive basketball at times. They're going to play iso ball. And that's so easy for the Bucs to load up against. Let's not forget, Brooke Lopez, for the Bucs, is in the paint. He's waiting for you to come and drive it. And so what does that do? Celtics want to shoot their threes. If they miss their threes, it's a, it's not going to happen. Okay, so we got a good series right here. Right now, the series is one-on-one, Bucs, Celtics. Uh, and they're about to go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee now has home court. Took it away from them, okay? And so I got to say, I still believe that the Celtics are the better team. But they got to act like it. They got to play like it. And they got to play like they've been playing for the last, what, uh, 20 games, you know, since the All-Star break. But Milwaukee, they have an identity. They grind. They grit. They play hard. Giannis, he keeps coming. It's a mind coming to the paint. He'll challenge anybody. And so before the playoffs started, I said who's gonna show up in the in the finals was going to be the Bucks. But that was that was just my prediction. They this is gonna be the, the de facto Eastern Conference Finals right here, in my opinion. Right here, the Bucks against the Celtics. And so I'm sticking 
the Celtics, because before this, this uh, series started, I said the Celtics were the better team. However, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks win. I don't. I want to know what you think, sir. I love your breakdown. Um, it is difficult. You stated it. That injury for Chris Middleton may be the difference. But I'm just thinking about yeah. December 2020. We sat here and we said, Giannis ain't that dude. He ain't that dude. <laughs> and and we criticized yeah. him. And then later on, he won that championship. And I will tell you, he was watching this show because we called him out. <laughs> and he showed out. That dude is not the same dude we were giving straight hell to. And to watch how he's evolved yes. and saying, KD, if you don't want it, I got it. LeBron, if you don't want it, I got it. I want championships. And he hit that switch. He is extremely aggressive, dominating. He's hitting inside the paint, outside. I mean, he is now showing us why he is the Greek freak. And I will not choose against the defending champs because they are defending champs. Mm. The same team. Mm. I have no problem saying it. The same team. I said, look, that coach, he got to be gone. So it's amazing yeah. what a championship will do. It's amazing what a championship will do to a culture. The, the Milwaukee Bucks now are a winning culture. They, they have a level of confidence where a, a team where you now you can examine from a different lens and you why they're not playing. They did what they had to do when they get to Boston. I'm not even concerned about the game too, how they got blown out. They've already accomplished their mission yeah. court. Now they come back home, they defend it. So I will give the nod to the Bucks. One, because they're the defending champs. And okay. believe it or not, the same thing I was giving him the criticism last year during the championship, I'm going to give the nod to the head coach because he's been here before. Celtics have a rookie head coach. Okay. So okay. I want to give the leverage That's and respect to the champs that the Bucks. I'll take the Bucks in six games. It's going to be tight. It's going to be good. Um, but it's, 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 I, I see that going six games, Bucks going. But I do also like your assessment. I think this is the best matchup in the East. These are the de facto Eastern Conference champion representatives because I think they'll they'll run through the Sixers and they'll run through Miami. Either one of these two teams. Yes. Yes. Uh, and we have to watch the Celtics, too, because Marcus Smart, he didn't play the last game. He was defensive player of the year, uh, got a thigh bruise. Or, uh, so he missed last game, yet the Celtics won. Their three-game break, he'll come back. But what you have to be concerned about is Jalen Brown and that hamstring. He's pulling up easy, short. Uh, it's, it's irritating to him. And so it's just... A, it, very tenuous, you know. I don't know how much more leeway he has with that hamstring. He needs time. And wow, he showed up last game. That last, that first half of the last game just was a gangbuster in the second half. And they still won the game uh, almost by 20 points, but they still won the game. But it's the second half. They just played uh, again, playing iso ball, one-on-one -on -one ball, not moving enough. But in the first half, when they went up by 20, Man, the ball was hopping. And the commentators even talked about how it was popping. Pop, pop, pop. Defense couldn't come up. They couldn't wait on it. If they play ISO ball, you got Giannis, 
the freak, and you got Brooke Lopez. Don't forget Drew Holiday. He'll lock down anybody. Doesn't matter how tall you are, how small you are. He's got one mission, and he's like a bulldog. So I wouldn't be mad if the Bucks win because I like the Bucks before the season started. I predicted them again in the finals. It's going to be a good matchup. Won't be disappointed either way. I just think in uh, my naked eye test that the Celtics are the better team. You mentioned Miami and the Sixers. It's worth mentioning because they're now in the, in the semifinals for the conference uh, uh, championship. Um, and a lot of people are on the heats. Uh, let's say they've been on that jock, if you will. And uh, James Harden, MB. James shadow himself. MB fractured orbital bone. And so he's out. Is he going to come back? They're talking about he's out for the first two games and be back for the third one. How do you see this one unfolding? I'll toss it to you. Rivers coaching for his job. He can't afford to not win this series. Um, based off what happened last year and what's happened the year before, it's it's unfortunately he has a black cloud, black cats, and he walked underneath the ladder on the bit of work. I don't understand what happens to him when he gets to the playoffs, but it's unfortunate that Joel Embiid, who was a, a leading contender to become the MVP. Mm who is the best player on their team, yes. got hurt. And But this is where Doc gets in trouble. Why did he get hurt? They're blowing the team out. He's already scored over 20-plus points. Why is he still in the game, Doc? There's nothing to justify. There's nothing you can justify. It's a closeout game. Why is he still in the game? So that's already a, a, a mark against Doc. For that decision. So now you lost the best player. You can say it. I mean, again, he was a leading contender for the MVP. So that means he could be considered the best player in the league this year. You still have him in. So that really tips, right. uh, you know, tips the scale. You would think. We talked about James Harden, Russell Westbrook, KD. James Harden is not the same dude from Houston. He ain't him no more. I mean, it's it's like did it fall? It fell very fast. And even watching the game, you see his confidence shrink, shrink, shrink. So he he forced his way out of Houston. 
He gets to New Jersey or Brooklyn, realizes it's not a good fit. He gets frustrated. He comes to Philly and he lays an egg. And he has never played in a market like Philadelphia. And Philly fans will let him have it, and they have let him have it. So that series, because of these injuries, because James Harden is no longer the James Harden, I almost have to, by default, pick Miami because those guys are still dangerous. Jimmy Buckets is still dangerous. They kind of, but as a number one seed, they kind of float underneath the radar. You know, we played them in the bubble for the championship game in the next year they really disappeared. So I, I really did not focus a lot on them this year because they felt this like, okay, it's Miami, but they obviously were a good team. There. But when I look at, again, a Milwaukee or, or, or Boston Celtics, I don't see them in that category. So even with this series, it's almost a throwaway because they're not playing against the best Philadelphia Sixers team. So I'll still pick Miami to win that series if Joel's not 100%. Um, you know, unfortunate, but that, that's how I see that one. What do you say? Yeah, easy pick, man. Sixers, and it, it may be in four. Did I say Sixers? Excuse me. I meant the Heat. The Heat in four. Too easy. Um, when you talk about Eric Spolster, top 15 in the ESPN poll, Pat Riley, we know how he coaches, how he leads, how he's a manager of men, a leader of men. So, uh, they have an identity. Tyler Hero, Sixth Man of the Year Award winner as of yesterday. Uh, they have the luxury, and we want to talk about arrogance. They have the luxury of sitting Kyle Lowry these games because they believe, they believe with the heart of hearts, they believe that they're going to just dismantle okay, the Sixers. They don't have to play him. He's got a handy problem or a problem, you know, that you just don't want to rush it. You can afford to sit. So sit it until the games really matter, until they're serious. That means Sixers, they don't take you serious. If you're led by one guy, James Harden, you're led by a coach who has this black black cloud for decisions he's making and his justification for leaving him in. Oh, we know star players normally stay in the, in the game for the last two minutes. No, no, and no. I've been playing long enough to know better. I've been watching long enough to know that's not what you do. When the game is in hand, you pull your star. You may put them back. And no, you pull your stars. Having said that, yes, he, maybe four, not more than five. But there's been scuttlebutt. There's been talk about Doc Rivers coming to the Lakers. I'm going to give you three reasons why he should for his coaching as a Sixers coach, former coach as a Clipper, and a Celtics fan. No, no. No, he was a Celtics coach. No, no. Hell, just for being a Celtics coach, a former Celtics coach, is reason enough not to consider him. Who is throwing that room around there? No. And I think he's past his prime. I think he's overrated. He's not a he, – he, he's a good motivator. He's probably a good huddles guy. I don't know about his X's and O's, but let's move on to somebody else. I'm not a Doc Rivers guy, and I certainly don't want to be uh, – I want him leading. Having the helm of my team being out of my ship. So, nope, no, nope, and no. Nope. So, he easy four or more than five. So, we go to the Western Conference. Western Conference is some excitement. My young boy down there in Memphis, they ain't scared. They ain't scared. 
<laughs> we saw what they did. They kind of limped. They, they're feeling their way with Minnesota. But I tell you what, they said, but we ready for the big dog. Come on over here, Golden State. What do you think about this series? It's tied 1-1. Golden State did what they had to do, and they gained home court advantage. But what do you think about that series? Man, I, I want to call it a toss-up, honestly. But as a fan, it's really exciting. If it is a seven-game series, I would not be surprised. I am not – I'm a Memphis fan, but I pull for the Dubs even more, you know. And so – the Steph, the Draymonds, and Clay Thompsons, the the Jordan Pools, even the Steve Kerr's, you know, in their assembly of, of their their players as they play. From years back, I've been loving their game and their style. But I tell you, Memphis, like you said, they are not afraid of smoke. They are not scared. Last night's game in particular, when they needed a bucket, Ja Morant gave them a bucket. So my man. Wow! <laughs> wow! What a series as a fan. I know there's nail biting on both sides. It, it, even at a point in time where I thought the uh, the Dubs were going to go up 2-0, but they went to Memphis, wrangled home court advantage, came out of it 1-1, going back to Oakland, and so I think the the I think the Warriors should be very very happy about even winning the one. They should have had. Two but they won the one. But I will tell you, Memphis, their coach, their players, you're right. They're more athletic. They can shoot the three ball. They can drive at will. Nobody can guard Morant. There is nobody on the Warriors that can stay with that guy. So their defensive philosophy for the Warriors will have to change. I don't know if you give him that James Harden effect that the Lakers used to pawn. You know, you blitz him, take it out of his hand, make somebody else beat you. That's, that's easy to do. But the mother boys, will they don't mind shooting. They don't mind. They played without John Morant for almost 20 games this year. So they don't mind playing without him. And they can win. So, whoo, I want the Dubs to win, but I will not be surprised, sir, if they don't. Seven-game series, hard to pick. I just, I'm just i picking for the, uh, the Warriors. Give me your take, sir. What you got? Six games. <laughs> The dubs, I'm taking veterans, experience, I'm taking coach, I'm taking Steph, the Splash Brothers, and who is this dude swimming pool? That cat. Look, we thought that the dubs lost something when they got when they lost KD, but we failed to realize, or some failed to realize that the that the dubs were a team without KD. And they went heads up against Braun many times. KD came in and brought another dimension being able to drive the lane, be able to hit that outside. And then he's a very hard person to match up against. You said it earlier, six foot 10. So then they had the injuries and they were not sitting. They were disappeared. But because of injury, they're still getting their sea legs together. But they're remembering who they are. And to have the error parent, which is pool, that is playing with confidence. And that dude, I'm not going to say it, to be blasphemous, he has that Kobe attack mama mentality because he can hit it from the outside, but that kid is no, he's not scared of going in the paint. And that's something that Clay and, and Steph can't do. Not at that aggressively. He'll go down there and he's yama. I mean, he's no John Morant, but he can hit you from the outside, hit you on the inside. So to have that threat as a guard and his confidence 
where now you got three superior three shooters that deadly from out but if they need to, they hit him in the paint and he's cutting. I mean, this guy hasn't been on his team that long. This is you would have thought he'd been playing in the playoffs for a decade since this is his playoff debut. He only gets better from here. So to see that three-headed monster, you had Draymond. Hey, say what you want. Draymond's still effective. They won that game that first night when he got ejected without him in there. And that was a tough game. So you know, even that second game again, they did what they had to do. They won the, the home court advantage. But I'm giving the Dubs the credit. I'm giving one, I picked them to win the series. I picked them to win the championship. Six games. But it's going to be in a very exciting okay. uh, series. And to your point, uh, Memphis may be young, but they're not scared. They're not scared at all. Yeah. And even last night's game, I mean, both games came down to the wire. <laughs> so it's not like they're getting blown out. Yeah. So – I, I still call them six. When they get back here, to, when they get back to California, the Dubs are going to handle their business, and then they'll go back to Memphis and they'll close it out over there. Yeah, Memphis, I, they just don't know how right now. They have talent. They're very athletic in all positions, can run, can jump, can shoot. They got all the tools except the one between the ears, and it's just managing the game, especially managing possessions. And the Dubs are going to teach them the hard way. You know, you're going to school hard not to get to Dubs because you can't celebrate after every shot or dunk because the Dubs will run it back at you. You score Jordan Poole. What a joy it must be to be able to play with Steph and play and coach that are, you know, even mild-tempered, you know, and have a, a level of humility. Well, I believe they do compared to a lot of people who pop their collar on everything. And so to come up and just learn the ropes and to be very good and a master at your craft. So what a great environment for him to learn and cut his teeth on. And so, like you say, yeah, this is his play, first playoff experience. Had to come off the bench uh, this last, well, the first game, and he's still 30. My goodness. So, yeah, wow, wow. It's just exciting. The NBA's in good hands. We're talking about what, 21, 22, 23-year-olds, when you talk about pool, you talk about John Morant, and, and where the league is going. We can almost put LeBron in the background. You talk about Harden earlier and KD. No, let's talk about the up-and-comers. And so these up-and-comers, man, give us a lot of excitement and a lot to look forward to in the future. And then we've got the transition, the last other, other series in the West. You had something else you want to add to that before we move on to the Suns and the, no, and the say, Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, you talk about up-and-comers, and it's just amazing we talk about as you transition to Devin Booker, uh, how he was able to sustain that injury. I don't know how healthy it is. Maybe you can go from a medical standpoint. Or was it too early? But an up-and-coming Devin Booker, this is another chance on the grand stage. What does he do? Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that series? Yeah, well, you talk about the hamstring. Wow. Um, he has a problem with his hamstring. So when I think about uh, people that are having problems with hamstrings, is their their gait, surgery. Something is pulling him and or his training. I'd have to look at him and, and, and do a gait analysis. Uh, look at him and look at how he's lifting and exercising. So pliability, flexibility is utmost for him and all these guys. But some people are just more prone to hamstring injuries or or pulls. So I'd have to break down and look at him balance, symmetry. That's 
that's the key for him. Is he pulling too much to the right or left? You know, looking at his spine, lumbar spine in particular, how much pull is is his quads doing versus the hamstrings? Because it's a two to one ratio when we when we look at it. So I have to look and, and do a muscle test as well to make sure that he's not doing too much. So did he come back soon? I believe he did, honestly, uh, because he's not right. Even as good as he is, any, even as many points and how he's able to pull up, he's just not the same person pre-injury. And so, uh, like Jalen Brown, we talked about earlier, it could be just a just one move, and he's done, and it's going to set him back another three, maybe four weeks. I dare to even think about that. I better think that he's hamstrings take longer to heal. And what they do, probably hyperbarics, you know, they give them 24 hours treatment. It's massage therapy. It's hot. It's cold. Just get them ready. And part of it, he, talking about mamba mentality, he wants to be out there with his fellas. He wants to lead from the front. So Dallas and the Suns. Dallas got Luka. And I didn't ever think Luka was this good because he's slow and he's European. He, most slow Europeans can't rock. This dude can rock. He can rock, okay? And he can lead their team. So will they get a win? Maybe two? Yes, because Phoenix can get lazy, but they may not get one, okay? But I'm going to be generous and say they win one game. And so I'm going to say Phoenix in five because they're led by the point guy, Chris Paul, who's holding up. And they got the better coach, and they got the better team. Phoenix in five. I take Phoenix in five. Um, I, I almost equate that series to the Sixers and the Miami Heat. I don't think Phoenix will get tested to this next round because they play the winner of the Doves and Grizzlies. If Devin Booker's not healthy, they're not winning that because they will run. Both teams are fast. Both teams have guards that will attack him, and he's not going to be able to keep up with that. Dallas is a one-man show. They were able to do great with Little when Luka was uh, uh, hurt last series. This is they're not playing. They're not playing Utah. They're not playing the, these teams, right? Or or Denver. So it'll be very interesting how Devin takes this series to try to recover. But it's one of those things where uh, Phoenix could not have the luxury like Miami and just sit him because Luka would carve him up, and the point guard can't do too much. So it would that's a, that's a strategic decision where all right if we sit Devin Luca can light us up if we place if we play him we have to be careful and that kind of tips the scale but I'm with you five games uh, it's too much for Dallas to compete against um, so it, I, for them again we have to wait, wait for the next series to see them get uh, see Phoenix get tested. Bruh. I'm, I'm loving this NBA, the finals. I don't get into NHL, so we're not going to bring that up. We talked about – last thing I want to talk about is the NFL draft before we wrap it up. Anything – how do your team do with the draft? How is Lamar doing? The What's happening out there in the Raven uh, neck of the woods? Team did well. Uh, when I look at who we are, okay. we're a defense team. But I also look at what's happening in our division. It's a passing league. And we always cut our teeth on the defense side. So we picked up Kyle Hamilton when the premier he's out of Notre Dame. So our secondary is nice, nasty, and it will be healthy. Then we picked up your boy, uh, 
linebacker from Michigan who will play, uh, uh, who's an edge rusher. So now we can dynamic edge rushers. So we upgrade the, off the defense, and we got to keep the, one of the best centers in the draft. They, they predicted him to be all pro uh, for at least over the next decade as a center. Uh, a, a state champion wrestler. I mean, the kid, kid is awesome. The controversy with that pick is that the Ravens had to tra- had to trade Marquise Hollywood Brown uh, to, to, to the Cardinals to get that pick. And it seemed like uh, Lamar Jackson was upset about that. But if you look at you look at the type of team we have, we're a running team. And we have built the wrong around the run and pass into those to the tight ends. I would love to have that breakout receiver. But until the offense opens up and allows Lamar to throw it deep and have those speeders, um, you're going to have frustrated number one receivers. I would love to have a number one receiver, a veteran receiver that can also help open up our offense. But that's probably the only knock that's happening within Raven Nation is, was it worth it? Did that damage uh, Lamar's confidence in the team? You know, and he's going into his last uh, contractual year. But I still think we'll be dangerous. We'll be dangerous next year. Uh, we have some young, young, young receivers that that have some talent. So that's how my team did. Uh, how? What do you think okay. about the overall for the draft? Well, I'm in cowboy country, so here's my analogy. I'm the orderly in the nursing home, and the bell keeps ringing. It's cowboy, old man cowboy. The bell keeps ringing. I answer the bell for three or four hours. He pooped in the bed. The bed alarm is going off, okay? He fell out of bed. I go back, scoop him up, and guess what? In three or four hours, it happens again. They keep tripping over themselves. Golly. Cowboys, the the most offensive uh, penalties, I think, in the league. And then you draft a lineman out of college who is the worst uh, offensive lineman as far as penalties are concerned. How does that make you better? That is the kind of head scratching stuff, dog. So I'm tripping. I'm tripping. They don't. They didn't really necessarily address their own line like they should have. Uh, you cannot replace uh, Cooper, and so I, I'm going to be concerned about the Cowboys. I don't expect them to win their division this year, and I don't expect them to make the playoffs. And it falls on Dak's shoulders, and Dak didn't put this roster together, and so they're going to. Str- the Eagles are coming up. They're going to kick the door in, kick your teeth in. They're going to ask you to go get a beer as they're holding on to your woman. That's who the Eagles are. And don't forget to watch them. So it's going to be SC East, my goodness. Dallas will be considered Aspens. NFL take. I could be completely wrong. There's a lot of things that can happen between now and then, but the draft did not address the Cowboys' needs. And Jerry Jones, I would like that you are not heard or seen, Jerry. That's what I would like. And somebody needs to be more confident in yourself or even your son. You guys are not doing a good job. And let's not forget the coach. So, ugh. Ugh. I'm sorry. But, brother, we're at the end already. My goodness, time does fly. It has flown. I'm having fun. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Bill Withers. And so what has happened was we had Dr. Hoover, she's MIA. We had the fan, MIA. It's just you and me. However, we do miss you, uh, Dr. Hoover. We miss you, Dr. Waiting, the fan. 
And so we do have to just carry on because we do have a fan base. We're thankful for our fan base. There's people that are tuning in and want to know what's going on in the sports world. Well, we want to know as well as your host and taking it to the house, what's going on in your fandom, in your world, baseball, basketball, football, how did the draft address your team's needs? Let us know. Hit us on Facebook, Twitter. Let us know what's going on in your world as we close out this episode of Taking It to the House. It's been fun. It's been real. Hey, it is exciting time again. I'm going to talk about this until the end of June. It's basketball and it's playoffs. Baseball's get started. Look, fans, I have had a great time this last week chatting with you all on our social media platforms. Continue it. We want to from you. We will laugh with you. We will be mad with you. Keep it coming. Look, enjoy this weekend. Mothers, happy Mother's Day, ladies. Mom, Herbertine Herbin, happy Mother's Day. Patricia Brewer, happy Mother's Day. Billy Hoover, my grandmother, happy Mother's Day. All the ladies in G3, happy Mother's Day. We love you all. We love you all. We love you all. And to all our fans out there, enjoy, be safe, protect yourselves. Take it to the house. We out.